Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we do thank you this morning for a chance to be together. We thank you, Lord, that you are greater than all of those struggles and trials and you are the triumph in our life. Lord, as we look back at 2018 and look forward to 2019, may you remind us of your goodness. May you remind us of your love for us. May you remind us where you have us is exactly the spot you want us to be. Break down those strongholds in our lives. Help us to see, Lord, where you are directing the path. That we might follow and find good pasture. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's passage is out of Philippians chapter 1. And the passage, uh, as Paul writes to the Philippian church, he's writing from a jail cell. Not the jail cell that we have nowadays where they have cable and commissaries. and We're talking jail cell, dirt ground, nasty. But one of the things about the Philippian uh, letter is that Paul is a very encouraging uh, when he writes to the Philippian church. See, it's been about 10 years and he's heard all good things from that church and you know there are times in our own lives when, when things really, the rubber meets the road and we don't know whether we'll get a chance to say something again to someone. And so we put down those words that are really meaningful. The, those feelings, we get rid of those niceties, those nice comments, and we talk about real life, the real things in life. And I think Paul realizes at this moment that that's where, that's where he's at when he writes this letter. And he wants to share with the Philippian church just how proud of him he is. So let's read verses 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with all the overseers and deacons, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how, long, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth 
of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. May God add his blessing to the reading as we continue to sing. Lord, that praise song says that you know our weakness, and yet you are our strength in the midst of that weakness. If we'll rest upon you. May our lives be that sanctuary you would, that quiet place where we can go and be with you in a powerful way. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, I pray that it would be powerful. Not because of the words spoken, but because of you. That your power, Lord, will be shown over and above anything else. That you would get the glory that you, Lord, would reap the harvest you so deserve. May your word be powerful because you are powerful. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> and the herd is now allowed to leave. Dun, 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 dun. That's one of my favorite things sitting back there. You can hear him go down the steps. A herd of elephants. Today brings an end to one ministry with the hope of something new. See, I don't start till next week. I just wanted you guys to know that. <laughs> this week I'm just filling in for Pastor Vic. He had to go to Texas. <laughs> That's no, you guys laugh, but that is the truth. He said to me, he's like, uh, like December, like the third, the day after uh, the vote. He's like, would it be okay if I leave like Christmas Eve? You think you'd be all right for the thirtieth? <laughs> I thought about saying, nah. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I said, all right, I'll do the last one as an associate then, because I didn't want to start until the new year. I thought that would be the way it should be. Okay, thanks. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Zach, do we have uh, some PowerPoint up there? There we go. Thank you, sir. Um, I am very thankful to be in this position. I don't know if you think much about a calling from God. Um, It's been a very interesting year for me. About July or August, this very heavy sense came upon me. And maybe up until then, I just was not, maybe the naivety of just going along and doing and being busy uh, up until that point, um, was just a part of life. But about July or August, it became very serious. Um, and I talk about a hard place to be because trying to be in front, trying to do the things you've been doing and then still in the background having this, this not impending doom, but this sense that God was moving. And not being able to tell, Mark had said something a couple of weeks ago about not being able to talk about some things. And I, I felt the same way, not being able to talk about those things. 
But I, in the midst of July and August, I began to realize that something big was going to happen. And I told my wife, probably was, I'm sure she was the first one. Maybe the dog was the first and she was the second. I'm not sure. But at that time, it began to really become clear that God was going to move either to the senior position or move to some other place. Uh, and I'll be honest, that, was, that became really real and really scary all at the same time. God was beginning to close the youth, the past, the youth ministry door. And I'll be honest, I didn't like that because I was just getting comfortable. I thought I was starting to figure it out. And I was starting to feel good and comfortable about where I was at. And I did talk to a few people the further in it went, and I began to really recognize that I was mourning a loss. Not much unlike a loss of a close family friend or the dog you've had forever, right? It was a loss of something that I had just become accustomed to enjoying. I can honestly say I've never gotten up one day in that parsonage and said, I don't want to go to work today. Never. It's never been there. Even when I didn't feel good, I just wanted to get up and go. And I am thankful to God because he has offered that over the last 12 years. And I was got to thinking about it this week. How many years have I been doing youth ministry? Well, my oldest is 28. And so it's been going since then. Uh, in pieces or parts. I can remember dipping my toe in the ministry opportunities, right? Uh, working at the foundry, but trying to figure out where God would lead. So we would go and we would help out with the youth group. We'd, we'd oh, let's try this. And then we'd back off, right? Oh, let's do VBS. And we'll, we, would, we would do these little projects. Um, and I would always get involved for a time and then back out. Um, Probably for more than it, no reason other than fear of messing it up. Have you ever been there? You have been afraid to let God work in your life because you might mess it up. Yeah, well, guess what? You're going to mess it up. That's okay. I didn't have all the schooling I needed. I didn't have the proper education. I didn't have the right background. All these people who had who did ministry, they had all these nice pieces of paper and they could show you a nice piece of paper that said they did this and that and they went through this class and they, I didn't have any of that stuff. I didn't mind working. I didn't mind putting in the time, but I didn't have what it took or so I thought. See, I didn't really like school. I don't know about you guys. I'm not a big fan of school. That's why I've been going for the last eight years, right? That's God's sense of humor. Just want you to know. I left school at 18, I graduated barely, and I said, I am never going to step foot in a school again in my life. And then I turned 40, and God's like, ha, let me show you. <laughs> Most people buy a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Most people have a midlife crisis, they buy a motorcycle, I went to school. Good point, Kenny. <laughs> but, you know, every time that I tried to doubt God, he came through. Every time I tried to find a way out, he persevered. 
Every time I thought this is the end, I'll do something different, he changed the plan. There was this time that a Sunday school class here raised in a crazy amount of money to keep me and my wife in school. They're like, throw out this water. I mean, it's crazy. It was a Sunday school class of 15, maybe. And there was this water. I'm like, holy smokes. There was this time we got a scholarship to go to a, a class that we needed to go to to finish the CLI. We weren't going to go. There were no funds. Each time, God has continued to go and come through at that very moment. I'm willing to bet that each one of us have those stories in our life where God has come through at the very moment that you needed Him. And you know what's really cool about that? Each one of us have a mind that God has given us to remember those things. He's given us a mind. And we don't think about these things, right? We don't think that these memories we have in our life serve a purpose. We go through life and we forget that in the back of our mind are these memories of God working in our life. God taking care of the things that we need. God stepping in at that very moment when we're in trouble. And we forget that those memories are on our mind. That God has given us a movie theater with all these different files. And the older you get, the more files you get, right? I think sometimes you lose a few. <laughs> the older you get, you lose a few somewhere. They all get tangled up. But we have this mind, this memory, where God has allowed us to put in these really cool movies, like VCR tapes, right? <laughs> or maybe DVDs, probably not. Probably not even that. It's probably digital nowadays, Why does God give us a memory? Why does he give us a memory to be able to remember those things? See, we don't go through each day forgetting what happened yesterday or forgetting what happened two days ago. We, we forget some of those pieces, but we don't forget everything, do we? Now, I believe that Paul is talking about those memories as he's sitting in a jail cell. He's remembering this church, and he's so excited to see this church continue to grow. He's so excited to see them continuing to live out the gospel that he, he went there. That was the first European church. It was his first, um, he went there in a vision because of a vision. And then when he went there, you know, he met Lydia and she was converted and her, the, the group of people there. And they started this house church. And now 10 years later, they're still doing exactly what God had directed them. And so, so Paul has those memories of going to that church. And memories allow us to reflect. Paul says, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, I thank God every time I remember you. This is something we tend to do at the end of the year, right? We get to the end of the year. We get to the end of 2018, and we're, now we're at the 30th of 2018. And we tend to look back and see, how was our year? 
right before we're about to roll into 2019 and we have all these new plans and new goals and new expectations and new ideas. But we look back and we see where God has worked in this past year. I hope you're able to see those things where God has worked in the past year. If you haven't, come talk to me because I'd like to share those with you. Back in November, we, we had a, uh, one service where we uh, celebrated 175 years. Do you realize how long that is? That's a long time that God has been faithful on this property to share the gospel with people in our area. That's a long time. God has provided for so long. Did you ever hear the story about the old sanctuary burning? It's a great story. You know why it's a great story? Because it's kind of ironic, I guess, in, in some ways. So the pastor was burning leaves, supposedly out front. He was burning leaves, and somehow an, uh, an ash got up on the roof, and it started to burn. Mind you, there was no fire department, so there was no way to get the fire out. It was up on the top of the second, you know, up high. But it burned so slowly. This is the amazing part. It burned so slowly that they got the piano out. <laughs> think about that. It burned so slowly that the piano got out, and I think they got pews out of there. I'm, I'm thinking, I might have had a different plan, but they, I mean, <laughs> that to me is intriguing. I love that story about our history because it's like God provided a fire so slow that they got stuff out of the sanctuary before it burnt. We are in the, uh, we, we are in the uh, process of uh, being grandparents. It's a process, just so you know. I didn't know if you knew that, but it's really long and nine months like. And <laughs> it's decidedly easier this time. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. I, grandparents is way better than parents, I'm thinking. <laughs> But this book, this book reminds me of all of the, the keepsakes that we have from our kids um, to help us remember. My wife, when our kids were all born, wrote them letters inside of, her bo- inside of the books. Uh, and I don't even, I haven't, honestly haven't read them in a while, but I know they were very, uh, very deep and heartfelt uh, moments of their life. And when you go back through those books, you look at those little tags and, and you're like, I remember that, and it wouldn't fit on your finger barely, right? All those, those uh, memories that help us uh, to reflect. And now as we watch Hannah um, in that process, it's pretty exciting uh, to think about Hannah wasn't that long ago that baby, and now she's going to have a baby. Uh, how exciting. There are other memories to think about, like that moment when you first came to Christ. That very first moment when you heard about this Jesus Christ and it changed your life. You may not have fully understood it, but you knew enough to know that this Jesus was the Savior of the world. Or that first Judson memory, the first time you went to Camp Judson. Maybe as a kid, not even realizing how big and impactful it would be as you continued to grow. And now we have a whole generation of people who are, are uh, connected and have been influenced in such a deep way by Camp Judson. 
or that first major influence in your life. Yesterday I was talking, the Seymours had their party here yesterday, and I was talking to Donnie Seymour, who used to be a member here for, I think he said 15 years. And he said, you know, I was one of those kids who didn't go to church, but Kay Todd would make sure I was here <laughs> to sing anyhow. And for those of you who knew Kay Todd, or, knew, or maybe the reputation of Kay Todd, you know that she had an influence on the Seymours, and now Donnie you know, uh, is involved in a different church. Or that moment when you were baptized. Or when you got married. Hopefully most of us would remember that moment in time, be able to reflect upon that in our minds. That moment in time when we said, I do. One of my favorite things to do, we have a, uh, we have a hunting camp slash house in Brookville. My parents have one. And one of my favorite things to do is there. I don't journal. I'm not. A, I, I totally agree with journaling, but I don't do it. Uh, I do journal this hunting journal, though. It's pretty funny. So, <laughs> so the joke has always been, you know, we, we wrote in the fr- front page of this hunting journal. It says, um, "It's full of lies, right?" <laughs> it's kind of like fishing stories. But every year we write in that journal and we write some story about what happened. Some of it has to be adjusted. Some of it, <laughs> some of it's probably embellished. <laughs> and it didn't mean much the first year or two, right? You went, you wrote in it, you just, oh, this is fun. And it, but it was, it was okay. It was cool. To make it even more fun, we put little titles like to sum up that whole experience, right? But now it's been five or six years, and so it's really fun to go back every year and to read that first year and to reminisce and remember all those moments uh, when we went down there and we went hunting and we experienced time together. And isn't it cool that God gives us memories within the church to remember those things? They help us to reflect on where God has been in our lives. Oh, there's the hunting journal. It's not exactly, but it's... I do want to share with you, we just got through Christmas, and there's a scripture in Luke chapter 2 that says, And Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That's right after Mary had heard what the shepherds had said. That Mary was be, had no idea really what was going to happen to her child, trying to understand that her child was the Savior of the world. And I can't help but wonder that if you go to Matthew 27, when it talks that Jesus is on the, the cross, it says that Mary was there. And you can't help but wonder if she wasn't continuing to ponder what those shepherds had said many 30-some years ago before that. If she wasn't pondering exactly what was happening in the midst of this very difficult and dark time. The second thing that memories do is they help us to see where God is working. This is what it says in verse 6. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work will continue it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He started a work, and he'll finish that work. 
Think just for a moment about all the VBS crowds that we've had over the years. The sanctuary full of little kids who grow up to be a little bit bigger kids, who grew up to be adults, who grew up to have kids of their own following Jesus. You may remember the rodeo. Do you remember the rodeo? VBS, that was out back. Uh, Mike, Mike has a little more investment than most of us. Mike was uh, building nail biter <laughs> and lost the tip of his finger for vacation Bible school. That, that there, kids, <laughs> is an investment. <laughs> you may remember the caterpillar year <laughs> or the sports year. You may remember last year when Bobby and I tried to sink the boat. These are all fun and uh, remind us of things, but do you know that each and every year there are young people who make a profession of faith, who say, you know what, I want to put Jesus first in my life. It was so exciting, uh, I think it was two years ago, maybe it was this year, I don't remember, I get tangled up in the years, when I, I made... Uh, I said, all right, if you want to put, make Jesus the Savior of your life, it was the little guys, first through third, I think. I said, you can go out and go out back. And the whole first row, first grade row, went right out the door. It was so awesome. And that's why we do it, right? It's not to make another uh, fun show or another fun uh, week. It's to share that gospel. Because that's where God is working. He continues to work in our life. This, uh, this quote comes from Mother Teresa, and I like it because I think it reminds me uh, that sometimes we don't feel capable or able or uh, of any value. It says, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. Mark was talking this morning about prayer. You know, he said, we have, and we have, we've lost some prayer warriors, and yet, we have new prayer warriors continuing to move into those positions. That's important. Prayer is extremely important. And it's important for you, as a member of Greenfield Baptist, to think about where you fit in God's plan. Because I'll, I'll be, God doesn't really want pew warmers. He's not interested in people who can squeeze the cushion down every Sunday. He's interested in taking people and moving them to spots where they can lead and help and use those gifts. That God's given each of us gifts. Sometimes we, don't, we have a tough time finding those or seeing those. But God has given each one of us gifts. I think one of the struggles is that sometimes we don't feel like, one, we're either capable, or two, that we've messed up so badly that God could never use us. Why would God want to use me when he can use someone else who hasn't messed up. Well, the guy writing this, uh, the passage we're looking at this morning, he wrote this in 1 Timothy. He said, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. This guy, before God came into his life, was trying to kill Christians. He had a mission. He, he would go and get a paper that said he could take them out. Probably not worse than that. The question I have for you is, what are you, what are you looking to do in 2019? 
What are you preparing to get involved in? What do you want to do in 2019? God wants to direct your path. God wants to lead you to help others. See, I I never started this plan with this goal in mind. I will tell you that this is about, if I were to take bets, this would have been one in a billion. I never had this plan. Ever. Ever. It never even come across my radar. It was way too big. It's just way too big a plan. Thankfully, it ain't my plan. It's God's plan. So maybe you're asking yourself, I want to do something in 2019. I want to be a part of God's plan this year coming. New things are happening. We're going to do some things differently. I want to be a part of that. I want to go from just coming on Sunday, going in, going out. I want to be involved. How do I know how to get involved? Well, Paul doesn't say do one, two, three, but he does remind us how we should start. Oh, I, I, that was. A... He reminds us in verse uh, nine that we need to let love lead. He said, "This is my prayer for you, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight. Let love lead." If you want to grow deeper in your relationship with God, let love lead. If you want to discern God's will for your life, let love lead. If you want to be pure and genuine, let love lead. This love that I'm talking about, this is the agape love. The self-sacrificing love, the, God's, the love that God gives towards us, that points at us. The purest, highest, most sacrificial love there is. If you want to best follow God's lead for your life, let love lead your life. Someone here today may be saying, you know what? That's a great, that sounds great but you don't know what's happened when I let love lead, right? My heart's all torn up. My heart looks like this, broken in half with a patch, with a, a Band-Aid over it. So deeply hurt that I'm not sure I can be healed, that I can be changed, that I can go there again. I hear you. Because there are times in our life when we have been banged around, when we have been pushed down and injured. But I'm here to tell you that those things are not bigger than God. Those things are not bigger than the hope that God brings. They're not bigger than those scars that you may have on your heart. See, there's this Jesus guy who wants to come and be a part of your life. He wants to come into your life and make a change. He wants you to be different because he is the, the man with hope. I'll tell you right now, this world offers no hope. If you'd like to go home and watch TV for 
10 minutes and you'll find out how much hope is involved in this world. Go to a funeral of someone who was not a believer and you'll find no hope really quick like. A lot of hurt, a lot of pain with no hope. There is only one hope in this world. That's a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have that this morning, I encourage you to to set that as a priority today. You can start 2019 with that leading your life. Let's pray. Lord God, we looked at this morning at the, the memories that Paul had as he remembered the church that had been so faithful. We are thankful, Lord, that you give us memories, that you remind us, Lord, how you have worked in our lives, how you remind us how you continue to work in our lives. And Lord, that you want a relationship with each one of us. I pray this morning for anyone whose pride is in the way of that relationship, who thinks they can do it on their own or thinks that they don't need you. Lord, I pray that you'd set upon their heart this morning the hope that is the hope in you. And Lord, that you would remind us, each and every one of us, that we are valued, that we are treasured, and that you have a plan and a work for each one of us. May, Lord, we go today and find that love. In your name we pray. Amen.